Welcome everyone. This is uh, this week we're recording directly after Deontay Wilder scored a first round knockout over Robert Hellenius. Joining me this week, you may know him as Deuce on Twitter, Ranger Rollins. I know him as Ranger Rollins. Deuce, how you doing? Oh, what's up, man, bro? That was that was a good night of, a good night of boxing, a good day of boxing. There's a lot of boxing today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, life, life life is good. Touch on everything, but let's just get to Deontay right away. Now, were you one of those people that just thought Deontay was going to come in, smoke Hellenius, or did you think that there was going to be a bit of adjustment for Deontay, given he's had the two fights against Fury, they were not easy fights, and he, you know expressed some doubts about continuing his in his career maybe there was a ring rust given he's been out of the ring for a year where did you I mean i'm pre-fight uh, yeah i'm still not even necessarily convinced that there were like that like he's all good but like like fortunately unfortunately whatever however you want to consider it like heavyweight boxing is sometimes like there's one punch and then the shit's over like no, nothing else matters and uh that was how it was tonight <laughs> But yeah, no, I definitely like was not like uber. I wasn't super confident or like totally sure of how Wilder was gonna look because honestly, I still don't even necessarily know how he was gonna look. But sometimes when you land the one punch, it doesn't really fucking matter. Um, but yeah, like even for, even from what I saw, I'm not exactly sure how it would have looked if it became a more difficult fight or if like he would have had to deal with more adversity than he did. But um. Yeah, I mean, lucky for him on, in the sense that, like, you just land one good punch, then you don't, nothing else matters, and you don't have to worry about anything else. But uh, I definitely wasn't, like, I wouldn't, I didn't think it was for sure going to be, like, a one-round knockout or anything at all. Like, uh, and who knows what would have happened if it, if it went a little bit longer and we had to see more things because, I don't know, I, I did think, like, Deontay looked a little bit... Um, off balance on his feet but also he was like fighting in a, a different sort of way kind of being a little cautious uh moving moving some laterally and shit so i don't know i, I guess it's like um uh, i know i've heard you say before like you don't necessarily learn that much from old first round knockout um but at the same time that like in heavyweight boxing more than in any other weight class like that's kind of the nature of the game is like sometimes you don't learn everything you, you wanted to learn or sometimes some shit just doesn't matter because like if a guy gets knocked out he gets knocked out that's, that's the right. ultimate goal of the sport and with Deontay it's like oh this this is a recurring theme like there, there are guys where let's say Frank Sanchez if Sanchez would have scored a first round knockout it would be harder to assess I think and, and we would probably go with a, a first round there's a lot of different things and like we're not gonna be able to pin it down but with Deontay who his whole career has basically been a result of, yeah, he's got this right hand. It's one of, if not the strongest weapon we've ever seen in boxing across any division. And it's hard to really evaluate him because like, really, what are you evaluating? It's basically, we know he's unorthodox. We know that he's probably not going to become Floyd Mayweather overnight, but we also know that, He's just a master at finding a home for the right hand. And as long as he can do that, well, we basically have 
some version of the Deontay we all know. And I mean, he did it. And I think that's probably the one key thing that I would take away is that Deontay is still like unbelievably <clears throat> not just dangerous because like we all know his power is not going to go anywhere. But in the Fury fight, um, there were times when Fury would walk him down and where a lot of guys in the past have tried to walk Deontay down as Hellenius did before he uh, was sent to, sent to hell. Deontay finds a way to punish you for coming after him. And Fury was able to just break through that and force Deontay to make the first move, make him miss, and then make him pay. Why? I, I wondered if Wilder would still be able to do that. Like, would he instinctively try to, like, maybe when he sensed danger, switch from attack mode with the right hand and go to, like, well, let me clinch here. Uh, he's not at a comfortable distance for me. Let me do something more defensive. And he still has like that, um, like that nerve to stand there in the pocket and understand that like he has a sort of blink of the eye weapon that will either punish you for coming in or end the fight. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and like, yeah, like he has the ability to pull that trigger, and it's like, okay, at, at a certain point, the weapon, the weapon is meaningless if you don't have the nerve to stand there and try and shoot it right but also on, on some level like he still did like back into the corner really unnecessarily like not just at the point where he threw the punch which obviously you know you knock a motherfucker out you like you can kind of be like oh i meant to do this or it wasn't a big deal that i did this to set like how it ended up happening but also just like i did think that he like was backing up a lot and like obviously part of it was like intentional right like he wanted to have a little bit different of a style a little bit more utilizing kind of his like length and distance and boxing a little bit more however you want to consider it like but we kind of never got to see any of that all we saw was him basically like using his lateral movement around the ring yeah and getting pushed up against the ropes when he really didn't need to like at no point did he ever need to be pushed up against like, he wasn't a pushed there with like punches or danger that it was more just like the physical positioning of um he any kind of he seated the ground a little bit which is fine normal and it might have like if we had seen a few more rounds we would have been like oh it's fine like it, it's no big deal because he was just kind of in the mind space of this is how i want to fight and i'm gonna use the jab a little bit more use a little bit more movement whatever but I'm also not like totally convinced that like if he wasn't fighting a guy that wouldn't have got like sparked out right away, that seeding that much ground unnecessarily wasn't like uh, some after effect of what happened with Fury. I don't know. I don't know. I just I guess I just I'm not that doesn't cure like basically what happened tonight. I think would have happened if you fought him at any time ever. What up? Like he would have knocked him the fuck out. <laughs> but but what happened before that wasn't really like instructive to me as to what would happen in most other fights. Or or if there's been any like change since the Fury fights, as think, far as um, like I'm what he how he perceives his, how he perceives himself in the ring. And I'm so I don't know that I necessarily agree with what I'm saying. I'm gonna throw out a theory, and I mean it might be right. I don't know, but I, so one you know you you talked about the lateral movement. I actually thought the lateral movement in this fight 
was a lot better than what you're used to seeing Deontay. Like it actually looked like the lateral movement was serving its purpose. It was forcing Hellenius to reset. And, and I mean, you can criticize the points where he was on the ropes, but the only time he was like actually in the corner, which is a bad thing was at the end of the round. But Deontay did a really good job, like refocusing, um, where Hellenius is, was trying to plan his attack. But um, with that said, I'm rewatching the knockout and I feel like it, it reminds me so much of like a, like Hellenius was a quarterback that had to throw across his body and then got the ball intercepted because Deontay's like, even as he's in the corner and Hellenius starts to move in, Deontay starts moving back and forth and Hellenius comes in, jabs, and then tries to follow with the right hand. But when he throws the right hand, Deontay was already changing directions, which basically made Hellenius throw that shot across his body. And then Deontay just bopped him and it was good night. Yeah. And I think like there's a certain angle of it. If you don't really see it, I think there's like a high angle from behind that I saw that like really kind of shows what happened. And it's like Hellenius is the, the punch that Hellenius is throwing with his right hand still more or less is getting there yeah but yeah, it's just yeah. that like he it, the the way that wilder um was preparing for it it was it was kind of like he saw it one step ahead of it or whatever and, and like he just be, basically he beats him to the punch i guess it's like the easiest way you can say it mm-hmm. because it's not like the what wild or what hellenius was trying to do was bad um or anything it was just like overly reckless when you're fighting someone who can turn your lights off like that. Yeah. Um, I think he got, but, but, but at the same, but at the same time, I do think that like, I'm curious to see what happens to Wilder next time he's hit with good punch. Cause like definitely yeah. people, generally speaking, people don't get, take as much damage as they did as Wilder did at the age that Wilder did for the consecutive fights that Wilder did. And like, just brush it off. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm definitely curious to see what happens. Especially um, in the division. Yeah, so I don't, it could have. Basically, it's just like any heavy, like most heavyweight fights is like I don't, it could have gone a zillion different ways. And like ultimately, in boxing, in boxing is one of like the sports where you never have perfect information because you never really truly get enough information from the fight most of the time that would allow you to do that. Um, and so it, but that's kind of the intrigue of wild. There's like, you never really know if it's like totally just like a complete meme that he's just like got this incredible power that somehow lets him do this shit that doesn't make sense. But is it going to happen for the next fight against this next guy and this next challenge? Like, will he find a way to make it work? <laughs> uh, it's kind of always been the wilder conundrum. Right. I mean, but on the other side, it's like, the only guy that has beat him has been the only guy that, at least for me on paper, I thought could beat him. Everyone he's else. Also the, he's also the only guy who's like taken the punch that has looked like it's going to knock you out and like not got knocked out too. So it's like, not only was he, yeah, like the only guy, like you said, that you would pick him based off of the boxing, quote unquote, like he, he has these all skills, but also... He also took the punches, right? Like how yeah. many guys? How many other guys are taking the punches? Nobody really. For those of you that are a little slower, we're talking about Tyson Fury. Um, 
you oh, know, I thought, the, the, I thought we were talking about Daniel Kinahan. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one of the things that frustrated me about the Fury fight, and I, and I do think that should Wilder have done this, I think there's like I don't think it's a guarantee that Fury wins uh, two fights, but Wilder loading up on his right hand is like it's it's like almost something that he should never do because well, for the reason that we saw tonight right it's because like the power is there i don't you don't have to fucking hold it up bro just trust, <laughs> just trust like your body and he's got this god-given ability this amazing weapon there's no need to to have to swing as hard as you possibly can it, if it gets there it'll do the work and against fury uh, for whatever reason wilder could not not telegraph that right hand i mean Maybe Fury was doing something to force that out of him, but like Wilder loaded up the right hand so much and Fury every single time just made a miss. And like in the third fight, when Wilder dropped Fury, it was off of a short right hand that wasn't loaded up. He just let it go. Uh, I mean, it wasn't exactly like the one he hit Hellenius with, but you you saw what happened. In the- it was more like the one that he hit Brazil with, except for he didn't crow hop into it. But like even the one he hit with Brazil with, it was like, his arm was at like a 75 degree angle when he hit him. It was like, he, he was not nearly at full extension. And like, it was the same thing when he hit, um, when he hit Fury with the, in the forehead with the one that had a shockwave go down, go down through his fat of his abdomen. Yeah. It was like, it was like, bro, you, he, he did not even get his hand, his arm fully extended or even really close to fully extended. And you still saw what happened. So yeah, it's kind of amazing. Actually. It's like the martial arts thing where like um, you only need a few inches of space to like deliver with devastating power. Yeah, not Devin Haney though. We're talking about Deontay Wilder. Like. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, we, he, he hits him with the short right and he, it's gone. So here's something that I'm seeing a lot of. Oh, Twitter. it was like a frightening knockout too. Like that. The thing is, is like there's been so many times in the past where people are like, oh, I, um. I don't know. People just like think that there's something weird going on with the knockouts. And it's like, if there was a more perfect example of how like Wilder's power looks normal through like the mechanics of his punch. And then you see the result on the human and you're like, Oh no, that shit is different. (laughs) It's like that. That was a perfect example of it. It was like, if, if he had just been like a little shook, and then, like, they called the fight out. People were like, oh, it wasn't that... He was fucking... He threw the fight because he's a sparring partner. It's like, no, uh, that motherfucker was, like, having a seizure on the ground, like, fucking overtaking his consciousness from this little, boop, a short hand, short right hand, straight to the well, shot. That's just also not how you, you do something. Like, you do it on a shot that doesn't really mess you up so that you can just selectively not get up. Uh, I don't think that's what we saw. I think uh, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Light hurt, and um, but I, I, I've seen ver- different variations of this. This guy, whether it be Usyk or Ruiz or Joshua, won't be able to not get hit with the right hand for twelve rounds. So, who do you think has the best chance of uh, not getting hit with that right hand for twelve rounds? Of those three guys, mm-hmm. uh, I mean Usyk probably. Like, just 
by the process of elimination. Because, I mean, Ruiz, when he's... Ruiz only has won big fights. He's had to rely on getting fucking smoked by huge shots and, like, them not hurting him. At least not hurting him super significantly. He's not, he's never, like, got out clean. I know they really has used it. I mean, none of those guys are, like, Pernell Whitaker or anything, but, like, the guy who I feel like has relied least, I guess, on his chin, even though Usyk has definitely relied on his chin being solid, like, make no mistake. But... Yeah, I mean, I mean, probably Usyk, but the the reason they're all interesting fights is none of those guys really have. I mean, none of those guys have really been able to uh, avoid anything. So it would be another like Fury thing, right? Like the difference in the Fury fights is the fact that Fury got up, mm-hmm. or like Fury Fury was able to like was like you know regather himself, but nobody else has withstood the meme power, the just cartoonish power of Deontay Wilder. So who's just like we have no real reason to think that these other guys would i mean other than just like faith or whatever you know i mean there's no way there's no real reason to think one way or the other it's like what do you what do you believe in more what do you what do you, do you believe in do you believe in the cartoon of Dante wilder or the cartoon of this other guy's chin no okay <laughs> that's what makes it interesting though it's because in most boxing matches and most other weight classes you can have like an actual opinion about it but like in the heavyweight division with guys like Wilder, it's like it's not really an opinion. It's just a guess. <laughs> you have no fucking idea. You have no idea whether somebody can take his punch and or you, whether they can, or whether they can get up from getting hit with his punch at all. And basically, you can end every Deontay Wilder conversation with, "Yeah, but if he gets him with the right hand," and it's like, "Yeah," mm-hmm. and and everyone acknowledges that, like, like that is one of the few universal truths in boxing that I don't think anybody's like going to strongly try to argue against. It's like, yeah, no, we all know Deontay Wilder hits hard, whether you like him, love him, um, whether you're a, a bona fide member of the bomb squad or you uh, think Wilder, you know, you think you still think the the costume jokes are funny. Wherever you are on the spectrum, everyone clearly acknowledges like, yeah, Deontay does have the one equalizer. Well, and that is that's the thing about like um, Joe Joyce, too, is like Joe Joyce is also a meme. He's a total different meme, but it's like, I don't know. Can you ever, can you hit this guy a thousand times and have an effect? Because he's, he's slow as molasses. He just keeps walking forward. But like man. that's also that's also what makes heavyweight boxing different. Is like it's, I mean, I, it's not like it's cool to be a boxing nerd, I guess, or whatever. Like you know, not like particularly shitting on like hating on the sweet science or whatever. But also like heavyweight boxing is a totally different sport. It's like. It, ha- it has no relation whatsoever almost to like any other weight division or any other like solid principle of the sport. It's like there are, this is where the physical anomalies actually matter way more than anything else for obvious reasons. Cause there's this, this waiter up you're fucking with these guys. Like you're, you're, de- you're dealing with the X-Men of the fucking of the world uh, who train boxing. And so, it's like that's kind of the appeal, and I feel like Wilder's definitely one of those guys. I mean, Joe Joyce is definitely one of those guys too. But also, like, it, it just it kind of takes the smarmery out of it or whatever because you can't be like, oh, <laughs> I know this so much about this, but I was like, no, you don't know. You, you really don't know, or you you can think you know or have an idea, and definitely with some of these guys, we're like, it's like shit. I think Wilder can knock all these motherfuckers out. And it's like maybe. 
some like in the a, a fight with somebody like Fury, you're like, oh, I was wrong, I guess. But like, how the hell was I supposed to know that until I saw it? Until I saw someone someone get hit with that punch and go down, like get hurt. Like clearly, this is the same punch or like the same sort of power that you were hit with, and you were able to take it. Okay, well, cool. Like, that's what that's what that's the interesting part of and why while why um, heavyweight boxing is so interesting is because it's like you're it's the same reason that like the 100 meter dash is interesting you're what you're watching some shit about humans like the peak one percent of one percent of shit that like is genuinely unpredictable like who like you you know what i mean the yeah the the immovable force and the uh the immovable object and the immutable force or whatever it's called it's like that's what we're dealing with basically like and that's what that's what makes it interesting because it's not just this like nerdy little like i don't know he blah blah blah, hits these little right hands 90 times over the course of the fight and that makes a difference which is like a different thing it's almost like two different sports entirely i think um another thing is that um when you look at like the heavyweight specifically um compared to like let's say the welterweight there's just a ceiling on everything for welterweights and basically every other division there is a ceiling on what you know to expect like it is rare to see like the type of deontay wilder knockouts in those divisions and Uh, usually when usually when they happen you find out later that it's either connor ben or antonio margarito one of those two situations so it's like (laughs) all right we get it what a i don't know why either of those guys deserve to have strays in their direction but okay i mean they definitely both do deserve it so it's not <laughs> it's not a matter of deserve I mean, yes kind of, yeah i do agree there but um all right so you are somewhat connected i i would say you've had a source a guy on twitter man i don't know um you've, you've had some scoops so but i i think what if people follow you i think what they learn is that you're probably better for reading tea leaves than you are for like having actual scoops so you reading tea leaves what do you think is next for deontay um i mean i think that the fight that makes the most sense and has the most likelihood would probably be the ruiz fight um because it's easiest to make and i don't necessarily see why there are more reasons why the other fights wouldn't happen, right? It's like people talked about the Usyk fight happening. Oh, Usyk's going to come to the fight. Usyk didn't come to the fight. And like, why would Usyk not fight him? It's like, why would he not fight? Like, why would you want to fight Deontay Wilder? Really? Well, I mean, if, if well, if you're, if, if you're making your money off of like going to the Middle East and getting paid way more than your fight generates to go there, you probably don't need Wilder to do that. Like Wilder could actually make you real money in the United States. But so that's like apparently no longer a priority to the sport. Um, Joshua, the same thing. It's like, I don't know. It makes sense in some, like in some previous iterations of the sport, or if there was, if there was different um, political realities of it for Wilder and Joshua to fight. But like, I don't really believe that. And so, like, Ruiz is what I think is the biggest fight in America that also makes the most sense. Like, 
it makes the most sense politically and also it seems like what i mean yeah both their fights were on were with fox pay-per-view which isn't like that meaningful but it definitely does have some meaning and um they're both wbc semifinal uh, semifinal eliminators which again doesn't mean that much but it means something um and more than um it being like like you were saying in the same vein as what you were saying more than being um like predictive it's more indicative of something perhaps that may have already been laid prior to um it's like, it's like not like because they were assignment final limiters it's going to happen but like more like if they were assignment final limiters why would that be possibly you know xyz so i think um for a lot of reasons that that would be the one that makes the most sense um unless like unless Usyk really wants a fight and doesn't have anything else and like they, they come to while well, they're in the same thing with Joshua was like unless they seek it out i don't think that's going to happen i don't think i don't think unless someone seeks out while they're for their own kind of like reasons i think the most likely fight would probably be would be Andy Ruiz next do you think that's the most entertaining fight for Deontay of those options no which one do you think is most entertaining uh i mean i think joshua probably but <laughs> but i mean but like they're all like they're all first of all they're all like Deontay wilder fights so like they all have the element of Deontay wilder fight which is like mm-hmm. is yeah don't blink yeah it's like is this guy gonna knock him out and like for that reason like it's just but essentially, like, what's the difference between the Wilder or Wilder Ruiz and Usyk Wilder? It's like mm, one's a lefty, one's a righty. One, but like, basically, it's the belt, right? Like, mm-hmm. other than other than that, it's like, is can Wilder knock this guy out, or is he gonna lose a decision, or maybe gonna like maybe does he get knocked out? I don't know. It's possible. Well, the same. It's the same either way. It's like, is Wilder gonna knock this guy out or not? Or not? Like, <laughs> so for that reason the joshua fight is interesting because it's like two guys who are gonna go and you think you know that it's probably gonna be a gunfight one way or the other one guy's gonna knock the other out so that's why as i say it more that's the more most interesting and also i mean i think there's like a certain level of storyline there that's not necessarily there with the other two fights but no the only reason i would say like that is because i think it is like a firefight whereas i think Usyk, Wilder, and like Wilder Ruiz are both like, is Deontay going to knock this guy out or not? You know, what I mean, it's more of like a one-way question instead of a two-way question. I think the Ruiz fight is probably the most in, in, would probably be the most entertaining fight because <clears throat> I think having seen Usyk and and Joshua's careers, I think or actually entire careers. I think those two guys, if they don't want to get into a fight where Deontay could end it with one punch, I mean, he still could. Like, that's you cannot rule that out. But I think those guys can minimize risk in a way that Andy Ruiz cannot. And the only way for Ruiz to actually be competitive in that fight is he's going to have to walk through fire. Given he's smaller, given that his um, where he has success is typically in throwing combination, 
there's zero chance that this guy can have the success that he typically has without having to walk into Deontay's right hand at some point. I think Usyk can definitely... Um, I think he can do a lot of what Fury did. I don't know that he'll be as... Well, one, as successful. But two, I mean, having said that, you know, it does have to come with the acknowledgement of like, well, Wilder hit Fury with the right hand. So he's going to get Usyk by, by, you know, that comparison. And can Usyk get up the way Fury did? That, I don't know. Um, Fury has a great chin. All right, you know what? Actually, I'll take that back. I don't think Fury has a great chin. We've seen him get dropped before by lesser fighters than Deontay. But I think Fury's really smart in the ring. He doesn't panic. And, like, he knows when to, you know, take a knee. He knows when to, like, really just reset things. Well, I think he's just so fucking big, too. It's like... That is true. Part part of that is, like, I I don't... Physiologically, like, I feel like he... Even though he gets, like, shook and, like, hurt, it's like... It doesn't... His like brain doesn't get rattled in like the I don't know it, it's I don't know who the fuck knows how like physiologically it works but like he just seems to be able like oh you can get him sh- like shook or like get him dropped for a second but like he seems to be able to be like pretty recovered or like be able to like pretty much hold his own pretty quickly compared to like a lot of other guys who are maybe a little more lead in the ass who like. Ah, uh, yeah, you're like fuck. You're fucked up. You're, you're like gonna be concussed for the. You're not. You're not. You're not walking straight for like at least an hour. <laughs> I, I think Joshua could also. Um, he's a big guy. He's strong. Yeah, and, but, but he's a he's a juice head though. It's different. We're talking about like a big motherfucker as opposed well, to like. Yeah, we're not talking about a mountain of a man. We're just talking about. I I just think for Joshua, assuming that stamina holds up. If he goes into full-on bike mode like he did in the second Ruiz fight, and then just any sign of danger, he clinches. Okay, I I can see him. I can see him. Oh, going but through. you forget the second Ruiz fight. Like he got like kind of lit up a few times in that fight. Like yeah, I, and I don't. I, and, and, and and in those moments, he's he's knocked out by Wilder. So it's like I, I really. Oh, I, I mean, no, I just, I I like I think I that it's know. either like kill or be killed in that in that fight. Like I don't. I don't think that Joshua could last twelve rounds. If if he tried to last twelve rounds with Wilder, then he'd just lose. Like, Honestly, basically just giving up your chance of winning. The the way to not last twelve rounds is to fight like you're going to go twelve rounds against Deontay. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah. <laughs> if you want to give up your chance of winning, that's cool. <laughs> you're not going twelve, so I yeah, can, yeah. I can go like, oh, you you want to conserve now? Okay, watch this. Um, yeah. Well, but but also the other, well the other thing about Usyk I'd say is like Usyk is not the guy that he was when he was like twenty five. I think like he's so much more like he's not into the full Arslandi Lara mode of his career, but he's like way more into that era okay. of his career than I think people want to realize. Like he is going to have to exchange for the rest like period. Interesting. It's so, like maybe he can, but like I don't know. I've, I then don't necessarily think that uh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I, I might be higher on Usyk than you, based off of what you're saying right now. Um, I mean, well, I, no, I, I think Usyk's good, but like, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, he's he, he's not as mobile freak that like 
his his he, his he talent at heavyweight at this moment in his career at this point in his career is way more about hand speed than it is about anything else. And okay. so it's like his foot speed and all that other shit, like all this, all these other skills, was way more could have differentiated him way more if he had started his professional career at heavyweight. But mm-hmm. like when you well, wait until you're like 33 and like whatever to like do this whole thing you're not the same guy i don't know i don't like i don't see it like that i think that he has uh yeah he's an elite elite fighter i'm not saying that i'm, I'm not saying he's not i'm just saying like people that want to that think he's gonna like dance around he, he's much more like a post like vietnam Ali, then he is like the pre, like the clashes, Cassius Clay, like, bro, he he, he, he he can't just get away. From, he can't just get away from these guys. Like, he's a little heavyweight who cannot just like get away from these guys. Like, his his talent, his talent is in his hands in, at this point in his career, or his advantages are in his hands way more than than in his feet. It might be so. Here's the thing with Usyk, um, and look, I don't take this as criticism if you're like listening, like this is not what this is meant to be. Um, but I feel like sometimes certain wins, you know, the win itself can really just suppress certain observations that you could make if you know what you're looking for. And one of the things that I kind of sensed about the difference between the first and second Joshua fight for Usyk is Joshua had um, a lot more success in the second fight. I don't necessarily think that that was because of um, Joshua being so much better. I mean, I think Joshua was better, but how much of that goes to Usyk being, um, I don't know, showing signs of regression, showing signs of aging. Still great, still good enough to beat Joshua, but like sometimes it's it's not easy to see in the moment when the 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 trend you, you know things start to trend downward. Yeah, no, I, that that that's what I think that I see when I watch Usyk fight is like an elite fighter who like whether I mean yeah like by his own decision making or by whatever decision making Eastern European fighters fight in the amateurs for a long time and then choose to fight in weight divisions that nobody cares about for five years or six years like whatever the case may be it's like he should have been fighting as a heavyweight his entire career one two i'm nobody's like nobody is at fault necessarily for when he entered the big time in his career or when he entered like high level heavyweight prize fighting but like, yeah, I what I see is a lesser version of him, not because he's not good, but because the things that he is really good at are becoming less and less effective more quickly. Mm-hmm. And he may still be, I mean, he may like like the same thing as like with Fury. I didn't think Fury could bang it out with Wilder like that. I didn't think that. I was wrong. You know what I mean? Like what like that that's heavyweight boxing and so 
the same thing goes with Usyk, whether it's with Wilder or Fury, whoever, is just like Usyk is losing the lateral speed that he had and some of the advantages that he has. He still has, without a doubt, the advantage of being able to put combinations better together, better than basically anyone else. Uh, like, what long Andy Ruiz, but like Ruiz has his own, like, Usyk is superior to Ruiz in ways that are different. Um, first of all, he's like bigger and bigger frame, uh, regardless of how rotund our friend Mr. Ruiz is. But like, it's very, it's very difficult to say how how Usyk is going to fare against other guys, and particularly guys with immense power differences or like just huge style differences. It's like I don't necessarily know, and and and. There are like a lot of people who have uh, borderline harassed me online, not including Usyk in my pound for pound or whatever. And it's like, bro, I don't, I don't include heavyweights in pound for pound, like straight up. And I, and he he's not Roy Jones at heavyweight. He's a regular fucking heavyweight, like straight. He he's naturally weighs more than Deontay Wilder. We saw that shit tonight. Like Wilder when he doesn't fucking force himself to eat and all this other shit is naturally lighter than a natural Usyk. So it's like, please stop. Stop with the other shit. Like, I, I'm not, like, like, dude, Michael Hunter fought Usyk at Cruiserweight. Why did they fight at Cruiserweight? What is, a, what is this 200-pound Cruiserweight division? It's a stupid fake division. I don't, get that shit out of here. Let's, let's get rid of the Cruiserweight division. At least at 200, at least drop drop to 190. 190 is a real cruiserweight division. Now, oh, we're your pick points, yeah. Get rid of this stupid 200 pound cruiserweight. bullshit. What we're doing here is like we're taking heavyweights and fighting them against other little heavyweights, and like for what all we're doing is take like take, for Usyk is a perfect example. Usyk could have been fighting real heavyweights. And been the heavyweight, Usa could have been the heavyweight champion for the last seven years, for all we know. But instead, we're forced to be like, oh, when he loses, people will be like, oh, man, he wasn't in his prime or whatever. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, man, I blame, I blame the fact that we have this stupid fucking cruiserweight division at 200 pounds. That is not, it's, you're just little heavyweights. You're, you're a little heavyweight. All right. So either make, make a real cruiserweight or, or make a light heavyweight, which most of you can't. I get it. But like make 190 the cruiserweight. Yeah, it's my right. point. I know. But I mean, but 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 like the point is, is like who knows how great Usyk could have been. Do I think he's past this peak? Yes. And do I think that that takes away some of what he can do? Yes. But like who it's it's hard. There are so many variables there converging on on one thing. But it's really impossible, and it's really impossible to say which is the most important. But at the same time, that is literally just heavyweight boxing. It's like you never know. You never know what's the most important variables. Sometimes yeah. it just ends in one punch. Doesn't really you know who knows. I think specifically with Usyk. So I one I'd favor Usyk over Wilder. I think. I think. Joshua is probably dead even. I think Wilder. Whether you agree with it or not, we're just talking betting lines here. Um, I think Wilder and Joshua dead even. I think he's favored over Ruiz slightly, and Usyk would be a. I, th- I think 
maybe be like slightly comfortable as a favorite over Wilder. But um, I think when we talk about Deontay's future and specifically as it pertains to Usyk, you know, the, the real wild card there is how driven by Usyk or how driven by money is Usyk. Because if you look at what the options are for, for Usyk, whether it be Fury, I guess he could do a Joshua trilogy, although I, I don't think anyone other than like really the the most hardcore of Joshua stands really think that it necessitates a trilogy fight between the two of them. <clears throat> Given we've seen Usyk beat Joshua twice in very similar fashion. And then you got, um, you know, if we're looking at, I don't see Ruiz as a realistic option for Usyk. Joyce is interesting. I don't see that fight happening though. For well, in Joyce's case, it makes sense to take the Usyk fight, but for Usyk, being an older heavyweight, um, and being in this position as a champion where you have you know, Usyk's at the point right now where he has the I don't I don't know if leverage is the right way, but he kind of has leverage over these dudes where he can put together a big fight. I think Deontay becomes the most attractive option. If either a, you don't believe fury is, you know, going to bring as much to the table money wise as Deontay, which I I don't really think, I think there are avenues in which the fury fight could be very big and very lucrative, but two, and I think this is probably more important is that Usyk does not want to deal with the bullshit that comes from having to negotiate a fight with Tyson Fury. As Anthony Joshua just learned, uh, there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of um, being, you know, having your, your your chain yanked, but nothing actually happening. So I, 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 th I think, you know, going back to the original question of what does Deontay do next, I think Ruiz is the most likely thing but I actually think that that Usyk fight is far more likely than people realize. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love to see it, man. I hope, I hope that shit happens. That'd be cool. I think, especially, uh, well, especially if if Fury is like bullshitting around, like if that is his, because we, I mean, we all know Fury's a bullshitter. Like, let's just be real. Like, whether, whether you're a fan of him or not, or whether whether the Joshua fight didn't happen because of him or not. It doesn't really matter. It's not really, but like just in general, as a statement of fact, Fury's bullshitter. That's true. So like, yeah, I, I hope that if Usyk, I hope that Usyk doesn't like do the run around for two years for no reason or whatever. So yeah, dude, if, if the next fight can be made with Usyk, that'd be cool. But also like, Usyk said that he was going to come to fight tonight. <laughs> was he there? No. How do we know? I don't know. There's, there's just, there's just a lot. There's just, there's just a lot of people who have said that they would be willing to fight Deontay Wilder over the years. Who like all, of a, sudden, all of a sudden weren't? Yeah. Well, it was like, dude, Joseph Parker was live in attendance to watch a Deontay Wilder fight <laughs> when he knocked somebody out. All of a sudden, Joseph Parker was gone missing. Which is like, which is like, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I just doesn't need to be like a whole like anti, um, 
like let's reverse Eddie Hearn propaganda podcast, but like that is like the truth <laughs> is like there was going to be Parker the Parker fight when Parker had the title. Then when <laughs> literally he was in the building and saw and saw how they fight, all of a sudden that fight wasn't happening anymore. So it's like I don't know. I, think- I, I I'll take I'll take the. I take the idea that these people are willing to fight Wilder a little bit more seriously when, like, the fight is signed or there's some actual real-world reason reason to believe it. Because, like, Usyk could have been there tonight and he was, like, he said he was going to and he wasn't. So, I don't know. I'll believe I think- it when I see it. But at the same time, yeah, that's, that's literally everything in boxing. So, I mean, to close on the the topic, I think... Deontay Wilder was 100% correct when he said in the post-fight interview, and I, and I know people say this a lot, you know, but just to kind of like actually play out the or tease out the reasons why, he said that there's no heavyweight, or I don't think he said it exactly like this, but essentially like the heavyweight division is better when Deontay Wilder's there. The heavyweight division needs Deontay Wilder, something along those lines. And it's it's completely accurate, I think. And not enough credit is given to this because I do think that, that, you know, it may it may actually just be like the Klitschko's put such a, a, a damp towel over the division for so long that it's easy to go back into that sort of, well, the heavyweight division isn't always fun to watch mode. And with Deontay, though, you have a guy who's just a pure wild card and like, you wouldn't be surprised if he beat Usyk, Joshua, and Ruiz, and you also wouldn't be surprised if he lost to all three of them. I don't think you can really say that about many heavyweights. I think it's pretty clear. Uh, you know, I mean, assuming you're like decent at picking fights, I think you can pretty accurately pick most of the other matchups. But what Deontay Wilder winning and winning in the fashion that he did tonight did is it kind of like throws a bunch of fantasy matchups into the mix that weren't in the mix you know six months ago and like they're all fun to think about and i think prior to to this like if you really think about heavyweight it was one matchup that i think everyone was really really interested in and that was fury and Usyk, and for for good reason it's a great fight and it puts all the titles on the line but outside of that you had a potential like joe joyce as like our reconciliation and then like maybe Joshua Fury, but that was more of like a, well, let's get the fight because we never did get it. But I don't think anybody really like looked at those two dudes and was like, yeah, I got, I got Joshua, you know, beating Fury here. That's just not what it was. But Deontay just makes a lot of matchups now viable. And the critical thing is that these matchups, like no one's really caring if there is a title involved or not. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's why while they're so important to the division, I mean, like, I don't know. I think sometimes people hear stuff or like hear takes and they like write their own backstory to it. And it's like a lot of times people who want to say shit that is negative about Deontay will hear things that people say and be like, Oh, but he's not this or that. And it's like, okay, but like, most of the time, if people are talking about entertainment and they're talking about like what they actually want to see, 
it's going to include something with Wilder because he's entertaining and he makes so many things interesting because he's so unconventional and it's also so like non-vanilla you know what i mean like he's going to make an interesting regardless really yeah but i mean you know what i mean like nobody wants to see like the guy from the office next door fighting like you know, like don't be boring like don't be one of the mold you know like be right. be an original and that's you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't invent someone more original than wilder I, well, what I'll say is this: in, in boxing, there are very few larger-than-life characters, and if you look at the the people we remember very fondly, frequently they were larger-than-life characters. You know, Muhammad Ali is larger than life. Mike Tyson clearly larger than life, um, and the list goes on. You know, Floyd was definitely a guy who was larger than life, and Deontay is like that. And like, you know, is Deontay as great of a fighter as the guys who I've mentioned so far? No, but I don't yeah, think Tyson. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's a fair point. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. That's uh, a fair point. I mean, but but my point is that like being great doesn't necessarily mean you got to like you need to be great to be larger than life, and that people like you you just make the the sport or your division better because you're in it. Like Hector Camacho wasn't a great fighter, but I'll be damned if that dude wasn't entertaining as fuck. Now let me. Yeah, ask you, I mean, like like whatever. Like Fernando Vargas, it's like I don't know. Like I was like, Vargas, I was fucking. Yeah, like people make entertaining shit happen. You don't have to be, uh, you know, Tom Dicker Harry or whatever. I, I still remember some of the insults he uh, hurled at Oscar, of which because they were so true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just kidding. Of which I cannot say on the podcast uh, without us uh, having to move over to uh, Truth Social. But um... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mario Lopez is already there narking you out. Anyways, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Although yeah. probably oh, the Oscar, <laughs> Oscar, he's he called he called he's talking about how you yeah, just got me to say it. But. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, fight to Mario Lopez. But anyway, um, I'll beat the shot, Mario Lopez, for the record. You know, Mario Lopez boxes at the wild card gym and spars. And stuff. Yeah, I don't give, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Dude, Mario Lopez is like five nine and has had like sixteen thousand dollars with the Bozox in his face. And is like fifty six years old. I will, I will curb stomp his ass. I don't give a fuck. Just <laughs> <laughs> keep it real. Like, <laughs> and, I, and I will say that to his face. I do not care. Let's be uh, real. We got to bring you out to L A again because I'm sure he'll be at uh, one of the yeah. He'll be at Brick House Boxing or whatever, whatever, whatever. Clue Clucks Clem, Clue Clucks Steve Clem Club. He fucking wants to box at. Oh my god! I'll, yeah, let's be real. I won't even. I won't even curb stop. I'll sweet chin music his ass. Like, let's be real. Adam Cole, sweet chin music, or Shawn Michaels? Uh, come on, HBK. What do you think, bro? I only, I only, I only rock with the hardcore white supremacists. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. like prime, yeah, like prime HBK with a real asshole. You know what? <laughs> He <laughs> didn't deserve this. Yeah, man, uh, born again. I mean, bro, come on. Let's be real though. You can't. You don't just get to like wash. He's not Tyson Fury. You don't just get to wash away all your sins by being like, "Oh, I'm born again." Uh, sign of the cross. Sign of the cross. Everyone forget all the shit I said before. And uh, and if that and if that is true, then like, uh, 
I'm born again. <laughs> Sign of the cross. Nobody mentioned the thing I just said. <laughs> but seriously, bro, like, let's be real. You know, if you're going to go on a, a anti-Semitic rants and, like, homophobic rants and, like, misogynist rants and then, like, claim that you're, like, it was all mental health, then, like, cut me some slack, you know? One, I'm not cutting you any slack, but uh, two, <laughs> you didn't even go on those rounds. You may want to ref- You may want to have wanted to. Uh, oh yeah, no, no. I was, I, that was, I was. I was just talking about Tyson Fury. I mean, I, anyone, anyone who listens to this podcast can like do their own research. Yeah. Well, I, I think anybody who listens to this podcast knows the story, uh, unless we've picked up a lot of followers from the Jake Paul fights. But yeah, you know, I well, doubt it. and if that's the case, like honestly, they're probably we're already predisposed to being, you know, little Nazis, internet Nazis, anyways. <laughs> yeah, because they cycle. Probably no, nothing podcast. lost, nothing gained. You know? <laughs> <laughs> cycling between our podcast and Andrew Tate's. So, you know, yeah, bro. all right, helping of of boxing nerd shit, but also uh, <laughs> the most toxic characteristics that a human could possibly have. Yeah, no, bro. Just like go go listen to like the the Andrew Tate's, the Jordan Peterson episodes. Like, have that. You know, our, our listeners are not allowed to uh to double dose both Jordan Peterson and Andrew Tate. You can only pick one. Yeah, no, I think you're talking about like the the boxing subreddit followers, which are not exclusively all of our listeners. Believe it or not, we do have some of our own, but yeah, it's. Generally speaking, not good. But speaking of uh, Andrew Tate followers, goddamn, the Savannah Marshall fucking backers. Jesus Christ. You motherfuckers must feel stupid as fuck. Must he feel stupid as fuck? All these fucking marks talking all this shit about how about Clarissa Shields is going to grasp what. When I was just telling you, like, bro, I'm not going to pretend to be the, the preeminent expert on jack shit in life, but I've seen Clarissa Shields fight. None of these other girls that I've seen like a fight that are anywhere near her weight class or any other weight class for that matter, but like it only really matters if you're close enough to fight. None of these people can fuck with her. Nobody. Like, come on. Who are, what are we talking about here? Uh, and yet, all these people were so convinced. Now, let me, let, let me attempt Jeez. to theorize what, what, what happened here. Well, all right. I mean, I, we're yeah, not going to say not, the one word answer. A white supremacy podcast. No, no, no. Uh, I'm not going to say that part. Okay. All right. I want to just turn the clocks back a little bit. I'll take you back to 2016. Oh, you boy. That's a bad, that was a bad year. That was a bad year for, for us Yanks. Let's be real. What? Well, why? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you thought for like two seconds. Yeah. Really, uh, um, all right, yeah, it's, it's a fair. I was, I was just messing around, <laughs> but but actually, I was wrong. 2015. Oh my god, even worse. What was 2015? It led to 2016. You dumb fuck. <laughs> well, d- December of 2015. Okay, there was a a fight that happened in December of 2015 that is very very important for the history of British boxing, and that was our friend Anthony Joshua, a favorite fighter of ours on this podcast. He fought Dillian White. Remember what the selling point of that fight was? That uh, White fucked him uh, up as an amateur. An amateur loss, yeah. And they, like, Ben Shalom 
My apologies if I said your name wrong, but you know, shalom, bro. You know enough Jews to say the shit right up. I. That doesn't mean I would know how to pronounce anything, but, uh, but fuck oh, him. Oh, well, now now you should. I mean, come fuck on. him. Shalom. It's like a, it's like a no. Fuck him. Because right, just that's, chill a, out. that's a handsome now, dude. Now we're getting, that's we're getting a handsome real- dude. And I'm jealous, so I'm not saying his name right. But anyway, he basically ran the Eddie Hearn play on a huge fight that could have been a huge Eddie Hearn fight. But in t- in t- like he took his lunch money, ran with it, and then went and and bought something from his parents' shop. Uh, oh, I don't know about well, that. No, like he cashed in all his tickets at Chuck E. Cheese instead of like you know like going and buying something for real from like the department store. I was like, all right, bro. But I mean, that, that's that that like. But maybe the British people are a little like um they're 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 predisposed to falling for the the whole this guy beat such and such in the amateurs trap. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, it's, it's it's a good gimmick, and it's not like, um, it's not like a, yeah, it's not like it was Indian. Top rank did it with Michael Conlon. Well, all right, no one cared about the fight, yeah, but no, no. Well, nobody cares about Michael Conlon, big problem. Yeah. No, but, but like, no, it's it's a good gimmick when it works. The problem is just that, like, you can't, you can only do it a few, so many times, and so on, and whatnot, and so forth. But, yeah, I mean, we all know that the UK's a little younger in the game, a little bit of a, more predisposed to the markery of um, the game, so like they're still they're still they're still falling for that. So it's cool. But but that was a selling point because it was, like, a, good, it was a good sell. It was a good. Th- there is no better selling point for Clarissa though, because like nobody can fuck with theirs. Like what 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 was the selling point? And they actually had the two selling the two selling points possible, which is she doesn't knock everybody out, so they got somebody who they can like they showed. Whatever, they matched her up well enough against to knock everybody out, and also had the amateur win over. So it's like they kind of ran the two good gimmicks in one. It was like a two for one special at the uh, local Kmart in uh, Manchester or wherever. I don't think it was in Manchester, but um, yeah, it, was, it was in London. But you know what I'm saying. Well, something that I was just. Struck and then, they, and then they killed the queen, so that was like a that was like a triple. That is probably that was like a triple double. happened, but uh, I mean, more or less, more like, or less. I, like they, they didn't even need to kill the queen, she was 95 years old or something like that. Yeah, but they still treated it like it was like a fucking 9 11 or something. Like, Jesus Christ, you knew this bitch was gonna die. Jeez, what the fuck? Chill out, people. What, like, come on, that's wildly insensitive on your behalf. As well, it's just on their behalf to inconvenience the whole world for a 96 year old dying. Jesus Christ, this is like this is real life. That's what it's a natural death. Jesus, that, like, what? It's the fucking ruler of the UK. Who cares? I, I don't give a fuck. She's not, she's not even a political figure, allegedly. She rules the, the kingdom, yeah. She rules the commonwealth. Oh my gosh, it's a rainbow belt. I don't give a fuck. Um, uh, I don't know that she was whack. Has, like, she had power. Real. No, for what? She didn't have no power. Her Yo, power was in the people. Did did we? I, and I, I legitimately don't know the answer to this question. But um, do you think we lowered the flags to like half staff when she died? Yeah, our- we did actually. Joe Biden did. <laughs> I, know, I know that for a fact. I know that for a fact. At federal buildings, yes. And and that shows how lame lame we are. Straight up. But no, that, <laughs> that's actually that, funny. It's funny to ask because I know for a fact that we did. <laughs> Well, first of all, she used to rule our country, so... Yeah, mm. yeah but who gives a fuck? 
I mean, I don't give a fuck. We're we're solo now, obviously. And I mean, are we really? Are, we, are better, we really? But... Are we really? You know. Uh, all right. All are right. Are we sure? George Soros. Dot dot dot. Oh, all right. <laughs> Lean, leaning hard back into the anti-Semitism. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, I don't. We were talking about the shields. Oh, anyway, back to. Uh, oh, uh, it was a great. It was a great gimmick. It was. It was a great promotion, and like. It was yeah, good. it was it was a good event, and like they had the two good fights. It, it was all it was it all was. good, man. It was all good. I mean, the decision was wrong in this Comey event, but it's fine. I'm not, uh, we'll get to that because I, I need. To... No, we really, do we really need to get to it? I mean, sorry. no, we do. But like you're on, like uh, we got to get to it. But anyway, just like so, when you measure an opponent like a fighter's power, there's something that you need to look at: is how many people, like you know, quote unquote power punchers. Are they sleeping people like Deontay or are they stopping them on their feet? And, um, you know, you look at a guy like Oscar Valdez and like he's got a pretty high KO ratio, but most of his opponents have been stopped on their feet. Does that make him a power puncher? I don't think it makes him enough of a power puncher to like pick him to win fights based off of it. Um, he'll, you know, he caught Burchelt, which is cool, but like he couldn't do shit with well, so So did like. Jeremiah, like, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, all right, relax, well, relax with your I mean, plexiami with your pronunciation. I was, I was gonna say like, yeah, a, a really long N word, and I can get that one, but I can't. It could, it could, it could have got controversial. So, like. um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, we didn't you to do that. <laughs> no one, literally, no one was asking for you to pronounce that. But anyway, Savannah Marshall, you look at the people she's, uh, like, not just the people she stopped. Um, but the people she's just fought in general and like there's very little to see here and then project that to mean success against Clarissa Shields, especially when you consider that we have a pretty good, um, you know, Clarissa Shields has basically fought a champion in almost every single one of her fights. She's got, I guess, what you can consider to be like the top of the top, the elite of the elite in women's boxing. Which well, I mean, the, the, the other thing is, is like, it's what Clarissa said to her, which is like, she literally said, like, how many of your opponents have had six weeks to prepare? And she said, nobody. <laughs> and, and, and Savannah didn't like, didn't argue against that at all. It's like, so that, that's the other thing to it, too, is like, especially when you're talking about people. level of operation it's on and so like it's completely you can a huge part of boxing is whether somebody is like fighting half halfway or as like a part-time thing on a short notice or whether they're truly dedicated to what's going on and so like even just that is like you can even take someone off someone else's resume or whatever and be like yeah, but how many people? How many people have you fought that have had six like have had six weeks of knowing they're fighting you? And the answer is zero. Like, mm, I'm not laying money on you, bitch. I'm I'm putting money on the other. I'm putting money on Clarissa because like I do know that she. I know that she's real. I know that she's the real. I mean, look. First of all, first of all, first of all, I've I've Clarissa is the number one pound pound woman's fighter in the world. And like I know I've said this, and I know that you have agreed with me, so it's not like I'm arguing with you. But like, Chris <laughs> is the only person who fights 
in a way that resembles high level men's fighting. And I will say, I will say that regardless of all, like there are other girls at lower weight classes that put on entertaining fights, but like they fight more like 112 pounder men, or like 108 pound men. Like it's not, it, I don't know. It's not, not what I consider to be pound for pound I don't boxing. Think so, but yeah, but, but even, but, but you get what I'm saying is like, there's a like, it's it's like such an amateurish level in a way that's like you're not really accounting for the damage that's coming back that it's it's hard to really even in a way that is meaningful compared to real high level boxing and that's what i think like yeah like what what clarissa does as far as her her level of head movement and um fainting as well as power punching her accuracy uh, is and yeah her, her her yeah her her power punching accuracy i guess you would say is just like it, it's not something that you see other girls doing or other women doing period and like or 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 even attempting to do i think that's that's the biggest thing for me is like you don't even see other girls attempting to fight that style and the reason is is because that fight that style is been so benefited by 3 minute rounds and and 12 round championship fights that like the spam spam button boxing style is so favored by the natural natural whatever system or whatever that exists that like there are very few people that are like even trying to fight a more professional style and so like it it just makes her stand out even more in my opinion yeah i mean the big takeaway if you're looking at like okay you know what did you see from this fight that was impressive i think the one thing i throw out is that when clarissa shields lets her punches go um it is scary how accurate she is how pinpoint she is um savannah marshall credit to her moved a lot and like came in rolling with punches and or at least there was an attempt to do that and even so, like Shields was still finding the openings there that I honestly don't think anybody else in this di- in the division. Granted, I don't have enough data to really back up what I'm saying, but I don't think. And, and just looking at Savannah's um, resume, I don't think anybody really would understand, not understand, but like really have the wherewithal to like one walk forward missing those punches but then not like get countered with something after uh marshall showed that she's pretty good but there's levels and like clarissa shields is clearly above a level above where savannah marshall is well what's there's there's a there's a video clip that you share with me that i uh, have that i didn't post for one simple reason and uh i'll tell you why now but it's the perfect clip for this which but it's a jerry lawler clip and what she says (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he he's a big strong guy. He's he's a strong guy. He's a big guy, but he's not a top contender. And the only reason I didn't post, I didn't post it is because of the mis um pronouncing of the uh, fighters at hand. But it's like, yeah, he's a big he's a big guy. He's a strong guy. But this is, uh... He's not a top contender. Like that's kind of how I felt. And the thing is, though, is that she is like Savannah clearly is like, the second best girl at her weight class or one in her weight class and even even saying that she's clearly a weight class bigger than like than clarissa if we're talking about like 
if everyone was boiling down to what they really needed to be because there was such a high amount of top level women's fighters like they're not really the same but like Clarissa is significantly smaller than her in real life but like yeah she's she, she doesn't need to be for the, for like if you're trying to fight the best but yeah he's a big strong guy he's a big man not a top canal it's like come on real realistically the levels were very apparent but at the same time like those are the types of fights that at this level of women boxing at this time are still really important that they happen because if if they didn't then like it would just be a bunch of people who are like have cool records and shit but like you didn't actually like the thing about the thing about Cressa, she's so fucking good. I want more people to be better. I want more people to give her fights like that because I I really do think she's really good. I, I I really think that she's like good in a way that we'll never really actually ever understand because there are not enough people that actually give her real fights. True. And so like at least this time was a real it was a real fight, which hopefully will get her more props. You know what I mean? I think that's cool. But. Well, I mean, I don't know. All all you people that listen to Andrew Tate are definitely not going to give her. About yeah, all you all you people that listen to fucking you know Steve Kim and uh, you know Michael, Mon- Michael Montero. And, Actually, no, uh, this is something we'll talk about. Whoever else. But uh, um, I'll give you ninety seconds to uh, complain about the scoring in Mayor Baumgartner under with the assumption, everyone, if you don't follow Deuce on Twitter, uh, that you're kind of a simp. I mean, yeah, no, I'm 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 a Michaela Mayer fan. Well, okay. <laughs> Your time starts. There are, there are so many. There are so many ways that I get started. But I mean, first of all, I'll just say that I think that the actual correct score of the fight was probably five to five. That's probably the correct score. Second thing I'll say is that if this happened on a top ranked show zero percent out of zero or 100 out of 100 however you want to look at it chance that she would have lost <laughs> and so i think that's like a lesson for why sometimes you don't fuck around and find out about like oh yeah let's just well, these these dumbasses control our career don't go to a neutral site yeah okay go on <laughs> but um yeah. Also, I mean, I I messed I messed yeah. So I thought she looked a little nervous. Yes, or, you did. And like on the ring walk and shit. I don't know. I, I thought that she's, like her slow start was abnormally. Cause I, and she's not the fastest starter, but I thought that she looked like particularly kind of out of it early. Um, but also like I think if you watch the fight, there there were certain levels that were on display in which like. I think that Alicia has some um, skills and definitely some explosiveness, but like um, the better adjustments have been made by Michaela, and I thought she like did enough to get a draw. But at the same time, like I thought it was, I thought it was a draw, and so like if you come down to the last round, just watch the last round back neither one of them really wanted to win it so it's like i don't know how am i going to be the most aggrieved person on the internet for that like you really didn't even put it up when when it was like a six uh a five four fight sort of thing you kind of just like eh, let it like ride out like yeah whatever so that being said yeah i mean 
didn't I didn't I didn't like the decision because for the same reason that I didn't really love the Taylor Serrano decision, which is like in a situation like that, a draw is it actually it it it, it serves the sport a lot better. Yes, it, it immediately leads to the rematch. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't necessarily know if it will now. All right, your time is. But up. I, but I, but at the same time, I mean, the point isn't really a rematch or not. Um, because because you definitely could argue that um Mayor won as well. I think people that like are convinced that that it was an obvious Bumgarner win are also kind of being delusional because certainly, essentially, you have to have it like four zero or five one to. Baumgartner in order to like be convinced that she won and I think that like if you really are honest with yourself and watch those rounds back it's like oh could I have been ringside and ruled it differently yes of course you could have like easily <laughs> and so I don't know I, I think it was one of those fights that was like a good fight but like also had a lot more levels that it could have gone to that it really didn't you know, would it never reached which was kind of unfortunate all right. Well, that's that's enough. Um, I, and I'm glad that you didn't quote any of the things that I said in the chat about the fight. Because, um, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really watch women's boxing like that. And like I, you know, just so I, I really don't feel comfortable um, speaking on anything other than Clarissa Shields. Uh, who would have thought that Caleb Plant would be in the running for not just KO of the day, but KO of the year? Bro, holy. Fuck! Where did that oh come from? Oh my god! He learned something from Canelo. Well, because that's mean, the shot that Canelo got him with. Oh, oh no! The uppercut, the shot that he really got him with. Oh, was no. it an uppercut? The one that really hurt him. I mean, he was yeah, hurt, the one that he hurt and then he leaned into the uppercut. But hey, you're right. You're right. You're right. Shout out, dude. Jeez, what is Perrine Marine Day? Boom, Like, what is going on here? Why? Jeez, all of a sudden, under, or Anthony Durrell is just like separated from his consciousness. I was like, holy fuck. That was legitimately scary because like, yeah, the way that he, the way that he went down, it was just like not, uh, in a certain way, both because of Wilder's power and also like, you're more used to seeing heavyweights get separated from their consciousness, which is why people love heavyweight boxing in a lot of ways. So like, sometimes you see somebody go down like that and you're like all right like as long as they're good within a few seconds it's like fine bro Anthony Rowe was fucked up he was laid the fuck out that was like wild to see but yeah sometimes when you get when you get caught in the exchange you're not really um seeing the punch that's coming back so I get I get why maybe he was laid out but yeah man that was that was a, dude, a tremendous finish for Caleb Plant, for sure. Uh, I love, I, I love the, I love the Gravedigger, man. I can't lie, like this shit is funny, and also like, genuinely speaking, like, why, why should I expect people who say that they want to put somebody the fuck out to like all of a sudden be like apologetic for knocking someone the fuck out? You know what I mean? Like, I get it. And so, yeah, there are people that um, boot them and shit, which also I understand because, like, 
I felt slightly uncomfortable with it, but like, because he was still so messed up. But it's like, man, that's boxing, man. Uh, all right, you're gonna do it. Like, <laughs> you want to be the the guy that does that? All right, cool. I mean, just don't ex- just don't expect people to cut you a break when you get fucked up. But like at the same time, people probably wouldn't have anyways. They'll probably clown you anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um. But yeah, no, nah, man. I did not. I thought I thought Caleb was gonna win the decision. I did not see him all of a sudden. I, I don't know where one punch KO. So, yeah. Shout out to Bedman Edwards and his um, PED scheme or whatever the fuck he's got going on. Uh, I thought he was uh making up gambling picks or stealing gambling. Yeah, I mean you can have multiple hustles, bro. It's like it's it's twenty. <laughs> we are in the in the in the in the rise and grind culture. Yeah. No, no kidding. Uh, or we're, we're at that point of our uh, of of our cap our our capitalist end game here in the country. But um, I think the the thing that was so shocking is that at that point it looked like Caleb had resigned himself because he came out really hot and he was throwing. Uh, he was leading with a lot of quick power shots, and um, I mean he 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 landed some. But I think it seemed like over the course of the, those last couple of rounds. The fight was kind of settling into its like um cruise control. Bro, literally, Birdman told him like the I'm pretty sure the round before, fuck yeah. the crowd. You don't gotta worry about it. Fuck yeah. the crowd. Went yeah. on, on point. It was like even they had re- uh resigned to like just all right, we're gonna we're gonna get the dub. It's fine. Yeah, I I think um yeah, it was just shocking. And then Darrell, the way Darrell had no clue that shot was going to come. And I mean, I, I know that's like kind of obvious to say, but the reason why I say that is because if you look at the way he fell, um, he like he arguably hit the canvas harder than Caleb hit him. That dude will be uh, having a concussion. Also, I do want to acknowledge that before the fight, I had said that the line for Darrell bleeding was minus 450. And I completely whiffed on that one because there was not a an ounce of blood, real blood at least anywhere other than. It's okay, a, but they they count cranial hemorrhaging, so you're good. Jesus, uh, that that's like that's, that that's probably not even a funny joke. <laughs> that was probably inappropriate. I'm sorry, but yeah, no, I mean at the same time though, like Matchroom put on a fight between like a bantamweight and a uh, junior middleweight this morning. So at the same time. What's the line for funny jokes these days? I mean, uh, I mean th- this uh, not 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 more than seven days after they tried to push forward a guy who uh, clearly tested positive for uh, a performance enhancing drug. Like it was for, 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 for okay. First of all, for a genuine performance enhancing drug that is without a doubt one hundred percent associated with doing steroids, like straight up, like. I haven't been on a podcast for a hot minute. So, like, if anyone who's, like, still confused about what happened with Conor Ben, I guess I'm just going to take this moment to, like, take over and, like, explain. This drug is only used in post-cycle therapy for steroid use. It's only used. This, there is no other use in real life by a normal human being well, in the first I- world that is a male. Other than you just did steroids, you're getting off of your steroid cycle, 
and you need to restart your endocrine system to restart your testosterone production so you don't lose the gains that you made when you were on steroids. That is the only use for that drug. So, like, please, Eddie Hearn, kill yourself unless you're going to tell me that, like, the the test was was fucking contaminated by some evildoer who inserted the drug. There is no, if your that drug was in your system, you're a steroid user, straight up, no special effects, no bullshit. That's the drug that Brock fucking Lesnar failed the, the UFC test when he came back from WWE. That is the drug that John Jones failed that he didn't even argue. <laughs> that's, not, that's not even the one that he argued. That's not the one that he said it was dick pills. That is the one that he said it was bullshit, of course. But but um, after that, he tested positive for like all these other metabolites and all this other bullshit that they made all these excuses for. Not the clomiphene, not the clone because there's no there's no reason for that to be in your system. That's like the thing that like all these people are like, oh yeah, it's like but it's like Canelo and Bozo. Dude, I'm not even making excuses for Canelo, but like those other drugs. That, like the shit like the Canelo tested positive for, or the shit that like Eric Morales tested positive for, for back in the day. That what's his name, Mike Mike Cappinger tried to bring up. It's like those at least have actual explanations. Secondly, they're not used after a steroid cycle. The only reason, the only one that you have clomiphene in your system is because you just did steroids. There is no other reason. There isn't one. So it's like, it's not, the fact is, is that it's it's a banned substance more than it is even a performance enhancer. But that makes it worse because it's like, if if if, if they have um, whatever the uh, fucking, um, the taco drug, whatever. Clembuterol. Clembuterol, thank you. If you have computer on your system, you can just argue that the advantages that you're trying to get are only from computer all, which is like very minimal. It's like very like right. There's there's maybe there's a small maybe maybe there's an advantage to it. Maybe there's not. If you're on clomiphene, the only reason it's in your system is because you just did legit boom boom synthetic test actual synthetic anabolic steroids you just did a steroid cycle and the only reason it's your system is because you just did that so it's like what we're arguing here isn't even equal effects it's just that like yo you just got like maybe caught with like mm, you were going 11 miles over the speed limit mm, was it from was it because the wind backed you too much not nah. versus like yeah, bro, you're driving with fucking Nas in the trunk, bro. Like, you caught. You're it's over. Like, give it up. Jesus Christ. So like the whole like, oh, who knows? I don't know. We, I don't know. We know so much more about the the tests than has been publicly exposed. Wait for the next couple of weeks. Shut the fuck up, Eddie. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Your your boy just. Your, your your boy was clearly on just the gas straight up, so like shut the fuck up. Just 
just just take your L and move on, man. Like that, get real. Stop, stop trying to stop trying to muddy the waters for people that are like <clears throat> because that that shit is, dude. There is no shit. There is no excuse for that. There is there is no like, I don't know. It just pisses me off because there's no like, oh this this substance that like was with this and this. It's like I can tell you exactly what happened. I can tell you like I can tell you exactly what happened. It, then there's no excuse. There's there's no reason outside of the fact that this motherfucker was doing steroids to gain muscle mass. Because he knew he was gonna get beat the fuck up by Chris Bang, or probably even before that. But well, I mean, like this was like the, the That's why he looked like a string he looked like a string bean 24 months ago and now all of a sudden he's knocking everybody out. Yeah. And and then and then he and then he fails the test for the most fucking obvious thing that you can fail for as a anabolic steroid user. Yeah. But 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 it's probably just a mistake. I agree. Probably. Mm, right. Probably. Um, well, anyway, bro, shout out to Deontay Wilder who can knock people out by like booping him on the nose and being a real one. So, shout out to him. Uh, shout out to Clarissa Shields, shout out to Devin Haney, who I mean had a marginally more exciting victory over Cambosas in the first fight. I'm not gonna lie, I have not seen that fight and I probably won't watch it. I haven't seen the first one either. I just don't like, let's be real. Who's who's gonna say that and watch that fight? Shout out to Devin Haney. I'm not like I did hate Devin Haney a hater, but like, what am I really watching here? You know? I mean, look, the first Haney Cambosos fight I I watched, and um, I mean, I was uh, to be fair, I was at another fight at the time, so like, I didn't go back and watch it, but I, there was no way I could have watched it live. I all I'll say about it is that um, it wasn't very entertaining. And so that was, I think you can blame Devin Haney and, and look, I, I, you know, in, in some regard, like Haney's not that entertaining to watch. I mean, I get it, but, um, the first fight, I think a lot of the blame goes to Cambosos because like that dude showed up and like had like the, the dumbest fucking game plan that you could possibly have had and look like a doofus for most of the fight. Second fight. He, um, well in this fight, he tried a little harder, but like on some level, you got to realize you, like you're outgunned and you just don't have like anywhere close to the amount of skill as the other guy. And like, that's what it was. 99 times out of 99, Devin Haney wins a decision. So there's that. Shout out to Devin Haney. Um, <laughs> enjoy your uh, pay-per-view with Lomachenko because um, that's what's next. Shout out to Caleb Plant for somehow scoring the knockout of the night, maybe. Um, it's, incre- it's incredible that it's even in question. <laughs> yo, yeah, I mean, if, actually, it's incredible that he's in the running, first of all. Yeah, no, that's what I mean, that, that he's even in the question. Oh, uh, God. And uh, um, shout out to Frank Sanchez, who was like in a low-key banger of a fight. I mean, yeah, shout out to the Cubans that fought under Joe Cousin tonight, a.k.a. Giovanni Buzon got knocked out somehow by, like, in the craziest <laughs> if, fight. Probably the craziest night of the fight or fight of the night, uh, if you want to go back and, like, actually watch of the, the day. Like, no, seriously, I, I highly recommend you guys go on, like, uh, I think I don't know if it was on the Fox YouTube or the PBC YouTube. Yeah, one of the two. 
there there's a fight on the undercard between two heavyweights that is a roller coaster um yeah it's it's a roller coaster i definitely recommend you go it's like what three rounds yeah yeah three three, ra- it, three rounds of cra- craziness basically yeah. Hagler hands i mean going I uh, yeah yeah basically yeah it's like, it's like, the, it's like the, the club the Hagler. club the club prelim heavyweight version of Hagler Hearns. There you go. Tim's gonna hear this and like message me like yeah well, great I love it I, lo- I love misappropriating his fight. I love misappropriating history more than anyone. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, but um, yo, shout out to Gary Antonio for somehow just whipping out his head and not you know the the one on top and ending a fight with it yet again. Yo, bro, dude, honestly, in, in some jurisdictions, in some countries, he might have got a KO victory out of that. Who knows? You know, it's like, bro. I, I, I mean, I think he should have. I think Emmanuel. Uh, I, yeah, I think I agree. Dude, fuck that. Let's just, you know, let's just, let's just rule by our, by he... our balls. <laughs> don't, don't, no replay, no, like. What would Andrew Tate meant... say here? Yeah, this is like, nah, it seemed like a pussy. Fuck him. Let's just... Emmanuel Rodriguez didn't even have a, a, a hematoma on his head. Like, well, how did they stop it? No, dude, bro. Well, I think that, first of all, Brian Kenny, learn how a clock works, bro. What the fuck are, Jesus Christ. Bro, maybe that they should have rung the bell and someone didn't. Maybe that's true. But if a guy gets knocked down with seven seconds left and he gets up, the round is already over. You don't need to like clap in the fucking whatever and then let more time run it's not a thing that's not a fucking thing so if your problem is that they didn't ring the bell to get mad at the motherfucker that was supposed to ring the bell bro it's the same fucking shit over and over and these dumb fucks still say the same shit you're wrong you know it's not true it's, you just don't know what you're talking about you, you just can't tell time you can't count i'm that pissed me off so fuck them up because they kept talking about it i was like bro do you not know how clocks work well also, you like, never know yeah, clock, they're all the same they're, they're they're all clocks the same more or less bro understand some simple shit no but but, but the, the funny part so there's two things that like just but but that fight should have been stopped obviously the ref should have stopped it just been like yo bro you're like stumbling and it's on 10 like getting the fights over but like yeah, I stop, stop, stop being like, oh my god, where was the blue bell? Oh my god, so, of the oh two things god. that were missed, I think is like one that probably should have been a stoppage. Gary Antonio was badly hurt. Oh, for, it, it should have been a stop, 100. Sure, uh, dude, two, the guy should have, he should have waited off the fight. The fucking clock never reset, so we were just like we the the next round was basically we're just vibing. We're just, yeah, just, just vibing like, for the next round. Like, mm-hmm. Seven, who, who, who kind of mismanaged the situation slightly, but um, no, sl- I mean he, he mismanaged it. He, round. He, yeah, yeah. He was just well, like he, he should have he should have said like the fight's over, be like whatever. <laughs> the, the the problem was is that the guy was still stumbling around. He was like, oh, that's fine, boobs, dude. It's like, bro, you should take command of the scenario uh i mean it was really just like a clusterfuck nobody knew what was going on and and honestly it didn't matter but then like it was even stupider to be like oh yeah this guy's got a headbutt underneath his eye well it didn't but like no it did if they just stopped the fight and manage it the right way at that point i don't know emmanuel rodriguez maybe gets to fight four months later instead of like a year because he's got a fractured orbital bone now 
yeah, okay. Now you're, now you're bringing another thing. Just I, not, I was. Not <laughs> Look, I that. understand what you're going to say. You're going to say if you want to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. I understand that, but I mean, Emmanuel. <laughs> Well, no, I was I was gonna say like, dude, Vito should have been. They should have yanked his ass out. Like, if they yank his ass out two two rounds earlier, so they don't go into the pay per view, maybe everything turns out differently. Who's to say it's a butterfly effect, you know? Well, maybe Michelle Rivera should have stopped Jerry Perez. Well, maybe Jerry Perez should have like not recovered from alcoholism. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know, bro. I didn't say that. I said in theory. Oh, no, you like, did I, say that. No, I did. I mean, I did. But I didn't. You know, what I mean? like run the tape back. You can understand what I was trying to say. You and sound. Then, you, know, you sound like Tom in Succession trying to walk back some shit that he actually meant. Well, yeah, that's the point. Is that like it's like mm, who's who's to say who said it? Did I say it? Did I say that, or was I saying that as speaking for someone else? As or did I hear that from someone else? I don't really know. Look, how can you know? How can you prove that I know? The fuck, if I don't know. The Fox broadcasts because because effectively Dude, uh, that broadcast like, is hor- first of all technical wise technical like geez that broadcast is horrible it's so many it's so many fuck ups There's so much yeah. bullshit going on which so, is, it was, that was terrible that was that was one of that was the one of if not the worst broadcast they've had ever actually no Showtime is still tight but I feel like Fox the Zone ESPN it's just like no one's really like i think they they they, like laid people off during the pandemic like a lot of restaurants did but decided that like oh we can still do shows on a skeleton crew crew yeah we don't need those motherfuckers but like now we're doing shows and it's like really showing like oh it was brutal need to hire like they had a lot of fuck ups man it was it it kind of it was annoying just genuinely annoying there 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 was a it doesn't matter but it was just like this is stupid. What the fuck? This is fucking annoying. Like, well, if if Big Goog like just doesn't go the distance with Michael Coffey, I feel like everything would have been right. Well, bro, he didn't go the distance. They 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 pulled the plug on that like, fight. That like, might have well have been the distance. Bro, they pulled that plug on the fight like fifteen minutes early. I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, because it was scheduled for like ten rounds. Am, am I misremembering? No, it was scheduled for eight rounds, and they pulled the plug after six. That's what I'm saying. That's oh like another God. 10 I, minutes. But that's what I said. Yeah, I said, but that's like another 10 minutes. I mean, when I corrected myself, I, I did correct it the right way. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is that that is essentially the same thing. You're well, already, I mean, go, you're already going. How, how many minutes did they go over with Vito? Boom. Yeah. Yeah. That Vito fight. Look, you know what? Vito's not bad, okay? He's not bad. He's not good, but he's not bad. I didn't say Vito was. But no, I, I I'm just saying this because well, just to touch on his yeah, fight. Because I hate you know, white people too. I get it. I know you. Whoa! I thought, yo, yo, you're listening to too much Jordan Peterson. But, but no, Vito has got to learn two things: how to faint, how to throw in combination. Oh, I thought you were talking about Gary Antonio for a second. No, no, Gary Antonio <laughs> needs to learn a, a trade because. Uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he knows. He's pretty sure he's like already studied plumbing. Is like, well, that's good. I genuinely yep. don't know if that's not if that's true. It might be offensive. I'm sorry. But... I don't know, but I mean, I don't it, know either. It's a bad it's idea. Dangerous. It's not dangerous. I, don't... I feel like it's dangerous. dangerous. It's a little dangerous. How's plumbing dangerous? No, I said. I said 
it was dangerous to say that, you know, because it's like a little dangerous. Yeah, but I mean, look, and this is where I go into the Russell Wilson on Saturday the night. Russell, the Russell Wilson joke about being dangerous. No, uh, d- dude, <laughs> you didn't need to make a Russell Wilson joke. <laughs> oh. That's the last thing people wanted to hear. Let's <laughs> Anybody who's still listening to this for whatever insane reason that you still listen to this, uh, you should look up Russell Wilson Dangerous, um, The Dark Knight or something. I don't know. <laughs> just Google, Google that in general and maybe you'll come with it. It's a hilarious, or just, or just message me directly. I'll message you a hilarious video <laughs> about Russell Wilson being dangerous. Okay. Worst, worst, worst part of the production decision making is after Caleb Plant puts Anthony Durrell to sleep in the dirt as as Errol would say uh the camera cuts to the undisputed 154 pound champion Jermel Charlo in the crowd <laughs> yeah they call like, oh, talking shit to him it's like mm, they're like not that Jermel half, they're like Kayla. they're like three and a half weeks like oh dude Jermel's just flexing he ain't give a fuck and plus he had probably just got back from the Balenciaga uh, fa- uh Paris Fashion Week so he was like flexing with his goofy fucking glasses and shit. He didn't give a fuck. Look, looking like the Jermel of 2013 with that short hair. But it, it was just hilarious because like they were clearly trying to like. Clearly thought know, it was Jermel. At yeah. the Jermel fight. It is like, bro, that that dude is like two divisions apart. Come on. Bro, that that dude is like way too drunk to be here right now. So like, <laughs> let's be real. I mean, he also beat Caleb Plant, but. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, I know. I mean, so would I, though. So it's not really like... Uh, yeah, 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 no, no, no. I'll give you Mario Lopez. I'm not giving you Caleb Plant. <laughs> Caleb no, Plant. I'm trying sure, sure, sure to represent for the white people out here. And, you know... Just by beating like, another obviously, Caleb, obviously, Caleb can't do it, you know? So. By beating well, another white not, 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 not because he's not good enough, because he's not white enough. That's what you're <laughs> you, get it. you get what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh... I think everyone. It is what it is. I think everyone heard like the crack of your forty fifth. Um, yeah, they're mostly Miller Lights for the record tonight. <laughs> what? I mean, you know, so they're mostly Miller Lights. Tonight. Okay, yeah. So this is supporting the Milwaukee Brewers, of course. Well, just uh, trying, just trying to be a guy. Welcome okay. guy. Yeah, you, you make yeah. sure you make your bed. Are you are you supporting the LA Dodgers? I don't remember. Nah, the San Diego Padres put their dick in the ground. Oh damn! They just, oh no, darn! I didn't know that before I asked the question at all. I'm sorry. I didn't. I I totally was just totally innocently asking that question. It's like as asking Andre Durrell if like they were gonna smoke that Caleb Plant pack. Yeah, man. It's like kind of basically asking Andre Drell about who's Kathy. It's like, <laughs> bro, have you ever thought this? He looks tough. You know about him? Have you ever heard of that guy? Have you ever heard of that Your guy? Uncle think about him. Bro, that's crazy. Oh, oh you did fuck. Oh, oh, I'm so, I'm so, bro. I didn't know. Been? I didn't know. I thought you would have beat his ass. My bad. <laughs> yeah, man. Shout, dude, shout out, shout out to. Shout out to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Shout out to Omaha, Nebraska. Shout out to uh, being a complete jabroni and like, you know, whatever. 
the case may be. All right. Any other shout outs? Um, Art LeBeau just died and he did a shout out thing. Yeah, so. I, I don't know. I don't, yeah, definitely not Art LeBeau. For sure, not him. Um, shout out to Arliss. Very, very cool show. From Yo, this guy dropping 90s HBO shows. Come on. Larry Sanders next. Well, and just Kirby Enthusiasm is great. Definitely not Seinfeld, though, because it's associated with Seinfeld himself. Horrible. Mm, definitely XNA on the XNA. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I guess no. My, my answer is no. Shout out to David Morrell, sure. Excited for that um, fight on the November 5th. All right. You heard it here first. Or, like, maybe not first, but whatever. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you want access to more podcasts, head over to patreon.com slash Sunday Puncher. It's a dollar. Like if you don't sign up and you like our podcast, it's totally acceptable. But like it would be really cool if you did sign up with that one buck of yours. You get access to the chat where um I don't know, maybe we got a lot of first of all, we got a lot of big timers. I, I know a few people specifically that we got in the chat real genuine big timers that are operating under a, a cloak of anonymity and i'm not gonna say one of them is myself but <laughs> one of them is myself but i'm just saying like no but that's a joke but genuinely speaking we got a really smart folks in there we got really good combos and if you're not really like talking about boxing there but you've somehow heard this podcast like get it together because if, if you thought this was interesting enough to still be listening now you should be in on the conversation there for sure so shout out to sunday puncher and shout out to the sunday puncher center universe join the discord join the patreon shout out all right thanks guys